Welcome to Mornings with the Mandalorian, where each week we talk about how an episode, the week's episode of The Mandalorian impacts us, um, how it connects to Star Wars, and all the filmmaking that goes on within it. I go on crazy tangents, because that's what I'm for. Yeah, probably. Um, (laughs) My name's Christian. I'm the host. Co-host, this is uh, Spencer Chandler. Here we go. Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, can I give a quick shout out to like the Twitter page and everything, or the Instagram? Uh, if you guys want to go follow us on Instagram, it's Mornings with Mando on Instagram. Uh, you'll get updates to all of our episodes when it comes out, and we might post some things on there and look for community feedback. So yeah, go follow us on there. All right. So the first episode of The Mandalorian. So it, it dropped Tuesday as Disney Plus launched um so right now we're just going to go over how we felt about the first episode so spencer how what was your process how did how did it going up to it watch yeah watching the show yeah well first off can i just preface that it's very late at night and so we talked about this a minute ago but like we're very sorry if we're like, we start to yawn halfway through this podcast because I don't know about you, but I've been working since nine o'clock this morning and it's currently 11.45. So yeah, so I, I'm feeling good. But uh, leading up to the dr- the release of Disney Plus, um, pretty much the only reason I wanted it was because of The Mandalorian. And uh Every, you know, everybody was always talking about Rise of Skywalker, but like, I was uh, I was really hype about the Mandalorian. You know, I feel like people kind of put it on the back burner because of Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, that's definitely what I was doing. See, I didn't because I was like all up in the hype of the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, but I've watched all the trailers and I've already seen some behind the scenes footage going into the release of Disney Plus. Um, but then the day of, so if you guys don't know, Christian is like the best friend ever. And I am, uh, boosting off his Disney plus account, uh, because I'm too cheap to buy it. So, uh, it came out, he gave me the username and password and I go in and the servers are down (laughs) Yeah, because so many people, and I was reading up on it and Disney, had said that like they expected people to be on it, but more people were on it than what who they thought were going to be on it, you know? Yeah. And so the servers just went down and about 30 minutes later, I went back on the servers were up and I was in my free period at school. And so I just started watching the Mandalorian and yeah, I was super hyped. I've watched the first episode, I think once or twice again, I've only seen the second episode once, but so I know a lot less on the second episode, but you know, it's fine. Yeah, so cool background noise, Christian, by the way. Hmm? So there's sounds in like an interesting room you're in at the moment. It's the hall outside me, yeah. Uh okay. Yeah. As we as we sort of figure out our schedules for recording, we're gonna I'm gonna probably find a better room. But yeah, so Christian and, and I are actually we're not we're actually like four hours apart at the moment. Uh, I'm in my I'm in my house, 
and uh, Christian is at college, so yeah. yeah. And in order for us to keep up the schedule of you know Sunday morning episodes, this is the best time for us to do it. So right now, uh, bef- just before midnight on Saturday. Yeah. Um, but anyway, anyway, so the first first episode, I saw it. Um, would have been like ten o'clock in the morning, or that's when I opened Disney Plus. I was in my college library and I found a nice like huge beanbag to sit in <laughs> um and I uh I was I was on my laptop and my and I had like headphones in so like what, what that's what I was gonna ask you like how did you watch it I watched did you it on the laptop too no I watched it on my phone um so my laptop doesn't work right now so yeah I I mean I I've gotten PlayStation Plus on my PlayStation now um, do I have that? But when I was texting you about Disney Plus, I was sitting in engineering class, mm-hmm. and so I'm like in the back of engineering class because I finished like all my work in there ahead of time. Um, just for future reference, I want to be an engineer, so like I'm in all these engineering, but I'm like pretty so I like to think I'm pretty good at it, so I finish everything like way ahead of schedule and so i'm sitting there like trying to get disney plus to work in the middle engineering class and it just didn't work i had the same problem um it would just sort of like it was just like sort of blank out a lot of times and it would just like have nothing on the screen um even when i was trying to set up the profiles for all the people that are boosting off my account um, (laughs) it was like really slowing down um, but yeah, uh, Tuesday morning, I was able to watch it after some buffering, and I was, like, so jazzed. Like, I I, I was going to, like, work on homework afterward, afterwards, and then I was like, no, I just got to, I've just got to walk away and just <laughs> sort of soak in sort of my feelings about Yeah, this. because, like, as much of the hype that was around it, like, I was still so surprised by what it was you know i went into it like i'm so ready it's going to be a star wars tv show but i don't think i was prepared for what it really was i was like i was just all into it and i after when the credits rolled i put down my phone and was like dang yeah because especially that last shot was just like nice you know you want to there's two ways we could do this. We could go like from the beginning of the episode, or do you want to just go with that last part? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. But one thing that I want to like discuss first, because they don't, no one listening to this really knows us yet. Uh, and so I kind of want to go like talk just a few minutes about like our different outlooks on film, basically. And Star Wars. And too. Star Wars. Would you like to go first? Yours is more interesting than mine. Uh, I, I guess. Uh, okay, so. Um, with Star Wars specifically, I, I mean, Spencer has this too. Like, where I just grew up with the movies, grew up with the Clone Wars. Although Spencer hasn't seen that, but um, I'm binging it right now on Disney Plus. Yeah, but uh, I have. Ever since The Force Awakens, like, the lead-up to The Force Awakens, that's when I sort of really got engaged with Star Wars because it was sort of for my generation in a way. Like, I always loved the original 
two trilogies, but um, those are always sort of just passed down to me. I was watching them on VHS. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, being able to be an active participant in a Star Wars fandom, going, you know, years in between movies, like, so, like, the sequel trilogy has been, like, very, at this point, ingrained in my soul. Um, <laughs> and it's, like, gotten me to really go deep into, like, filmmaking, um, learning about, uh, like, writing and, like, mythology and that sort of stuff. Um so what I'm less, uh, generally like less um, proficient at, like in terms of filmmaking, because like me and Spencer have, we've done videos together on YouTube, and so like he's he's more interested in technical stuff. Exactly, uh, and, and so I've I've always been more of the analytical, what does this mean, sort of um, introspective kind of uh, perspective towards film so yeah go into that yeah Yeah, so like growing up like i said my dad saw some of the the first trilogy in theaters you know i grew up loving star wars i had the first six on vhs growing up i watch them all the time um i have action figures from 1977 like the original release um action figures which are just amazing to still have um but Unlike you, Christian, I think I was already, like, super devoted to Star Wars early on, like, before the sequel trilogy. Um, no, I mean, I was. It was, it's no, a different, I, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah, different yeah. kind of, like, participation. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I met, I, I, I was. I wasn't, I wasn't eight years old being, like, what's this oh, no, no, no. representation of Dark Souls? <laughs> like, I wasn't doing that. Yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone was thinking that at eight years old. Um but me personally, I was never like into filmmaking. Like when I was younger, I was just all, I loved the lore of star Wars and everything that went into it. Um, but then when I went to high school, I met Christian on a mission trip and we like basically became best friends after that. And he's Christian. I, I, uh, credit you for my interest in filmmaking. Um, really? cause I really wasn't into it at that point and then I got with he kind of introduced me to like the community and everything and it just interested me so much but the thing that I latched on to the most wanting to be an engineer of course was the the filmmaking side of it and the actual like mechanical how the camera moves um the stunts the special effects all that stuff um and so like Chris said we've made multiple YouTube videos together um and the funny thing at working is that we have completely different ideas of how like these want to work out but christian is really good at the symbolism the imagery and like just overall writing very well and then he'll tell me he was like all right i need this shot to symbolize this by showing this and then i'm the technical guy that can be like all right this means the camera needs to do this and the actors need to do all this and then we can make the shot happen um, so it, we're actually a very good, we, I don't want to say we get things done <laughs> quickly because we don't, <laughs> but it's an efficient process. I feel time. like, yeah. Um, until you write, we wrote an entire short film and cast the short film 
And then we didn't make it because Christian had to go to college and we didn't have time before he went. Yeah. But anyway, um, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about first with the first episode? Chapter one is what it's called. We, you, you know what I want to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> no, I want to talk about the special, the, like how they made it. I, I want to go into the story that first. Of like, yeah, let's yeah. do that first. I will let you kick it off. Because you probably know what you want to talk about. Um, okay, so like a big thing, I guess, with the first episode is, you know, there's so much mystery around the character and much of sort of the entertainment, but also just how we sort of react to it. Everything in the story is like through the characters, like like everything's bouncing off of the Mandalorian who's basically doing nothing in terms of like communication for a lot of it yeah he kind of he kind of gives that boba fett like vibe at the very beginning which i kind of going in was very weary about of it just being a boba fett movie basically and at the beginning he kind of has that boba fett feel because he's not speaking he seems very just menacing but then later on you kind of get to see like the other side of him i guess yeah and so that and that, that's why i like the first um sort of sequence with the blue fish guy because mm-hmm. he's so talkative and he's so sort of neurotic that it, like it it's such a good contrast with the Mandalorian. exactly um, i just love that first scene in general it's just an amazing piece of film. not well you know tv i guess but i thought great. one thing i didn't like about it was like whoever the guy was in the bar with the beard that was like threatening him Mm-hmm. I felt like that sort of dialogue was just felt weird, and yeah, because like he didn't spill his drink; he literally knocked his drink over himself, like yeah. with his hand. But um, I don't know. Who knows? Something visually I noticed was like that first sequence. The color grading is mostly just blues and browns. Is what's popping. Mm-hmm. So like the jacket that the fish guy wears, obviously the Mandalorian's armor. It's like brown, and then you got the ice and the sky. It's blue. Yeah. Um, that reminded me sort of of Dunkirk. Have you seen Dunkirk? I've seen part of it. I've not seen the whole thing. It has a similar thing. It's like there's a lot of green and brown. It's like the brown is like the military uniforms, and the green is like the sea and the sky. Mm. Um, it has like the way this like having sort of two colors with each other like that I thought was very interesting uh, very interesting way to sort of bring in, bring us into this sort of galaxy because I don't know it's like very like, dirty and cold I guess how, how you could describe it yeah the brown is dirty the blue is cold it's like this is the lawless sort of part of the Star Wars galaxy where no one really cares about morals it's just money and getting drunk and stuff like that and violence so yeah and um i'm i'm kind of i thought this myself but i'm kind of stealing it from a podcast um if you guys want another star wars podcast to listen to you guys should go listen to four center podcast there it's a very good star wars podcast yeah, basically um my, my philosophy towards star wars is stemmed from them so please yeah there it's out. a it's a great podcast and if you go listen to their mandalorian episode after this I apologize because I'm probably going to say some of the things that they say 
because I think it's great. I haven't even listened um, to that yet. I have. I watched. I listened to it today, so it's fresh on my mind. Um, mm-hmm. So, what I I really like the western feel at the beginning of that of the beginning like five minutes. You have the very western feel, um, but when he walks into the can the cantina, and you see the aliens, and you see like the different people. And you hear the guy speaking a language that you've never heard before with the subtitles. You're, like, immediately drawn in, like, yeah, this is Star Wars. Yeah. You know, it's, like, that immediate Star Wars. You have the cantina feel from A New Hope. You know, it feels the same. But, like, without the, the joy. Languages. There's, like, a bit of joy exactly. in A New Hope. But, like, yeah, this is just, like, a crappy sort of outpost on an ice planet. Yeah. But like, yeah, but, you know, you're still immediately drawn in to that, you know, it's Star Wars. And that feeling came to me. It was like, this is awesome. And it's kind of got the same feel when he, I'm just now realizing this, but when he's confronted as Obi-Wan and Luke being confronted in episode four. Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he basically does the same thing as Obi-Wan just without, without warning, just, you know, beating the guys up and killing the one guy. But yeah, and so then they, the I forget what the name of the alien is called, but like the it's the, he's got like a trunk, sort of like an elephant, and like the goggles. Um, yeah, he's the guy that like lead them, like he was like giving them the speeders. Um, yeah, the recorder. So like that sequence is super cool. That alien was like a spy in the New Hope, so bringing that back for the first time. Mm-hmm. When they brought the first speeder up, and it was like the same as. Uh, Luke, it was the same as uh, one of them was the same as Luke's. Yeah, they're one of, or close really to it. Similar. And I was like, nice. You and know? like, so getting sort of like an insight into who the Mandalorian is, he's like, no droids. That's really cool. Yeah. But anyway, like, you kind of. Hmm? Yeah, I say you're kind of like that. Kind of made me wonder, like, why is he not like droids? But that still wasn't. But then he worked with a droid later on, so I don't know. But that was like testing his sort of. Yeah, and this is something fun that I want to bring up. So the speeder that's driven by a human. Uh, so that character is played by the actor Brian Posehn, and he's like a he's like a stand-up comedian actor known for being nerdy. And he, so like in in the episode, he's like got like a fur coat on, and this, he's got a long mm-hmm. beard, and it's like sort of like covered in snow in a bit in a way. Um, yeah. There's an episode of the Disney Channel show, Sweet Life on Deck, wherein <laughs> Zach and Cody get stranded on, I think it was called, it was like the Sandwich Islands, and they thought that the Sandwich Islands were going to be floating sandwiches. Of course it was they just, did. It was just covered in snow and ice, and they think that they run into an abominable snowman, but it's just Brian Posehn in a big coat. <laughs> Covered with snow, <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh no, I, 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 I've been living out here for a while. You want to ride on my snowmobile?" He's like, "I don't know, I don't know how I got like I was just like instantly like that's him. He's the guy. That's really the, funny. When this Lee life on deck. That's really funny. I like that. And I'm like, it was like a dream come true for him to join Star Wars. So that's really cool. Really." Yeah. Since you were very little watching Sweet Life on Deck, you thought, I really want to see him in Star Wars. No, I mean, Drink true for him. <laughs> he's yeah, a, yeah, He's yeah. a huge Star Wars nerd, and like I'm pretty oh, sure okay. he brought his kids to the 
Can you or something like that? So. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you better. Um, yeah. I moving forward a little bit. Uh, that creature coming out of the ice. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what I thought about it. I was just immediately like, "That's the first off." Going into the nerdy side, uh, the effects on that monster were gorgeous. It's like this. Um, it's like a walrus hippo sort of thing. It's yeah, it's ginormous, and the the CGI was just outstanding on it. Whoever, I want to know who the CGI people are for this because they're doing an amazing job. Like the head people. Well, if you actually doing watch a great credits, job. They'll, they'll tell you. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> Um, I feel really bad because people are probably listening and like he should know this he watches credits I don't watch credits nope um, I feel really bad about it a huge it's so like I have like a page of notes it's a thing that I like repeated multiple times was the Mandalorian is an underdog and so once the the monster is sort of like like clamping onto the ship on the razor crest it's just sort of like it's it's the first example of the mandalorian just being like all right i got another another thing to deal with like he's he's just trying to get along with his simple job and like everything always messes up and we'll get to that for the episode two because yeah um well i i feel like he he <laughs> at one point i was like he literally reminds me of like that blue collar worker or that white collar worker who's just like blue collar. he's doing the day job in the cubicle and oh. then like he spills his coffee on his desk <laughs> you know because he's got he's got the the ship that you wouldn't expect a bounty hunter to have you know the kind of rundown looking ship he's just doing the daily rounds people are annoying and he gets his you know ship about eaten by a sea monster and it's just like he feels like that cubicle worker who just spilled coffee on him. He's like, really? Again? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's had that feel to me for some reason. Yeah. And then another awesome just like um, thing. Okay, okay. So, you know, you know what Chekhov's gun is, right? No. You don't? It's like. I do not. It's like this theory in like literature and like just any storytelling that like if you see a gun on the wall you expect the next act in the next act of the play or whatever that the gun will be used oh yeah i have heard um, about that i talked about it, that in it can class. be it's like a different it doesn't have to be a gun it could be like anything if you if the especially in filmmaking if like a camera emphasizes a certain object you're, you're gonna expect it to come in later i guess I guess I don't want to go into episode two yet, but um, sort of like the, the seeing the the cabinet of guns and the Mandalorian ship. Oh yeah. Sort of like promises like more stuff to come in terms of how he's gonna be like fighting whatever he's gonna be fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he has a signature like the blaster rifle. And the yeah, exactly. But like. It's almost like John Favreau is just like, there's going to be more action scenes with new things to, to see in the new episodes, I guess. Because immediately, once you see it, he closes the, the cabinet. Yeah. Uh, 
one scene that I really love is when he gets back to whatever planet that, you know, he had to go to get his credits for it. And he he's walking through, like, the downtown area. And you're just seeing all these creatures. And I actually stopped what I don't normally write notes when I watch things because I just kind of like to remember things. Uh, but I wrote a note about this because I thought this was amazing. Um, you see a little rat looking thing getting roasted. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> when they're in the cage. And that's the same um, whatever species that Jabba has. Yeah. Yeah, the species <laughs> and, um, is Kawakian uh, monkey lizard. Yeah. And yeah, it's. Yeah, seeing the roasted one first and then seeing the one in the cage, like, oh no. And there's one in the cage is like freaking out, you know. Um, But my favorite part about that is not that we have a throwback. It's the fact that those are puppets. Yeah. And that seeing puppets on screen, not like Muppets, but like realistic looking puppets on screen just takes you back to like the original trilogy. And if I can take a side detour into the actual making of film real quick. Uh, the most, the reason I was so excited for Mandalorian was because I saw behind the scenes footage of how they made it. And for all the ship scenes of, of the Mandalorian ship, they built scale models and put them on a camera rig and had them tracking on a, with a camera, you know, following them just like they did in the original trilogy, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> just because ILM is one of my favorite, is probably my favorite company of all time when it comes to, you know, special effects. And the fact that they're going back to the way they made Star Wars originally is just really cool to me. And seeing them do it, but do it so much better now, or not so much better, but, you know, still looking good is amazing to me. Yeah. Um, what are some other things? You, know, you want to talk about him, the credits, his Imperial credits that he refused? Yeah. Well, I was, th- what I loved more about that was the Moncala, like the, it was called like Calamari Flan. Mm-hmm. It was like this like biological like form of currency. Yeah, I thought it was like so cool, and like the sound effect that they used. Yeah, the sound effect freaked me out. <laughs> I was listening to it with earbuds, and it was like ASMR or something. Yeah, it was just like, here's your money, and it's just like, you know. Yeah, it was a little weird. I just like that one guy carries all kinds of currency. Just yeah. In case. Um, but the fact that he didn't take imperial credits. They did talk about this on Force Center a little bit. Do you want to say anything so that I don't basically steal what they said? You can go ahead. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. Well, it's just, <clears throat> you know, the Empire has just fallen at the time of Mandalorian. And the fact that he doesn't take Imperial credits is just, it shows you another character trait of him. That he doesn't support the Empire, you know, that he doesn't want anything to do with them. And he, it even mentions that if he doesn't take Imperial credits, he get he only gets half of the credit because the guy doesn't have anything else really. I think I don't think so it he's, necessarily means that he's against the Empire. I think it's more just like I don't know. It's, 
I mean, this is just my opinion, but um, I think he. Now I want to talk about the music. Oh um, yes. For the show, so the composer is Ludwig Göransson, who is the OG. Um, sure. Um, the next John Williams. No. <laughs> he's, he's the first Ludwig Göransson. Um, yes. So yeah, he. I I really I really dig everything he does. He's collaborated a lot with Childish Gambino. Did the score for Black Panther, Creed, which I love. He also did Venom. Um, so yeah, I love what he's doing with his Star Wars music because obviously he's using a lot of like different international sort of instruments um, to yeah. make it feel like this other world and like um, sort of form this sort of culture that. Is, you know, a lot of this show is about heritage, so sort of reflecting yeah. that is um, he. Well, he the way he described it is trying to make it feel organic, and I feel like that applies to so it's like, um, you know, there's a lot of other like techno sort of sounds as well, electronic sounds. So like the, the contrast between those two sort of they blend into like. I mean, really, like, just the character himself of the Mandalorian, who's, like, he's he exists in this environment of of just chaos and violence, but he still has, he still has this sort of sensitivity to him and sort of human uh, drive that, like, as we see with uh, the end of episode one, he's, like, you, you really see the difference between him and IG-11, Played yeah. by Taika Waititi. Um, Which is amazing, by the way. Yeah. Because so, like, I totally forgot that, that Taika Waititi was going to be in it until he showed up, and I was like, nice. Yeah. So, like, anyway, the music sort of reflects that by, like, it feels it, it feels like this dark sort of corner of Star Wars, but it also has that same sort of, like, humanity and... I wouldn't say hope yet, but I feel like I feel like down the line in the season we'll get to a more like a positive side, I guess, of the Mandalorian. And like, I hope see his well, face. I don't, I don't know. I, I really I don't know if we'll face. see. I don't know if we'll see a happy side, judging by um, that flashback. You know when he. So, I'm I'm referring to when he goes and he goes into like the Mandalorian tribe place, yeah, which is amazing by the way. That's so super cool, and that ham the scene of them forging his new armor is really cool. And the, we see a flashback of what we I we assume, we can best assume that is him as a child. Yeah. Um. So. That doesn't. What mean is it that he? That doesn't mean he's going to... Well, no, but I mean, like, we're probably going to get more insight into that. Yeah. So, yeah, I really love that sequence because um, as as the armor is being forged, he's thinking about the pain that he's experienced and, like, everything he's been robbed of. Exactly. And and I I think... I'm not sure... Because, like, in the trailers, there have been, like... There's been footage of battle droids... 
firing yeah. at what I think might have been his um, his mother carrying him. That might be a would, different. Do you think that would have been the invasion of Mandalore or whatever? Probably, maybe. I, I guess partly, but I I also think. I guess yeah, it it probably is Clone Wars when he would would have been. Mm-hmm. Like his place would have been raided because he's too. Empire was only around for twenty years, and he's probably like thirties or forties. Yeah, probably. So it would have been like Clone Wars era when he experienced that. But anyway, that sort of like, you know, putting on the armor as a way of protecting himself from the that vulnerability that he felt as a kid, I thought was a really cool symbol. Yeah. But anyway, once once Mando gets to the the planet with the Ugnaught, played by Nick Nolte. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's sort of helping him out. I thought that was... I What I called him in my notes was Quill is blue-collar Yoda. So... Yeah. He's not Force-sensitive. He's just a nice guy, simple man, sort of... Um, working for his living. Uh, obviously, the height, I guess, sort of compares him to Yoda. Um, yeah, he's not like super wise, and that he like is like really quotable, but he's just like, uh, he is very quotable actually. I yeah, have spoken. Yeah, he is. I have spoken. It's so iconic. If we would have known that beforehand, we would have named that the the podcast. The podcast would have been named would have been called I I have spoken. Yeah, um, and they, they like, said huh? they said on Four Center that's probably already a T shirt. <laughs> Guarantee it. But I think I think the majority of his sort of wisdom to be admired is just his action. Uh-huh. It's just he's he's not he's less about saying really trippy things and like things to put on your your wall and like think about while you're smoking weed or something like that. It's just like yeah. <laughs> it's just like you don't really deserve my help, but I'm gonna give it to you and I'm gonna put myself through a lot of effort. Uh, to help you out because I want if I help you that'll ensure peace for other people and for me and mm-hmm. that's just a good thing overall yeah and in the whole like episode of being very serious and you know bounty hunter that scene of him trying to learn how to ride is hilarious yeah another it's another getting... example of him being an underdog it's just like yeah he keeps having to pick up sort of either face a, a huge difficulty or, like, pick up a skill. It's just, like, it's, it's like, it's humiliating him in a way, but it's not like Boba Fett getting thrown into the side of the sail barge. It, it's, like, a cheap sort of comedic way of getting rid of him. It's just, like, a, it's just giving him conflict and giving him hardship to deal with, which I think is super effective. Yeah. He's not just a flawless badass character that can like beat everything and has like no difficulty and shows no emotion or any sort of weakness. He's like he gets frustrated. He doesn't want to. He like, he wants the the quick solution and it's not always what'll happen. Yeah, and um, you know he. I guess he works with IG-11 later on because it's easier and because he doesn't want to have to argue with him. 
Yeah. You know, he's just trying to get the job done. Also, he, also he can use IG-11 as bait. Yeah. And he, he offered got, that, to split the bill and split the reward. Um, uh-huh. he can't, I don't know. He was like, he's very frustrated with the prospect of working with a droid. But he's still like, yeah. being as human and like nice as he can, I feel like. Yeah, did they did they release beforehand whether that was actually IG eighty eight or IG eleven? Did they say anything beforehand? Yeah, because I know he was in the trailer. Okay. Yeah, they they announced a while back. Because I knew going in that it wasn't IG eighty eight, but I couldn't remember how I knew. <laughs> yeah. All right, making sure, but. Also, IG-11 looks really cool. I, I really like the. I think he was done very well. He wasn't too, you know, impossible looking. None of the stuff he did was too, like, outrageous. But he also wasn't, like, too simple, you know? Yeah. The movements on his head looked really good. Oh, yeah. The way his eyes, his yeah. eyes moved is really cool. It really gave yeah. him some character. I love it. It's so good. Um, also... The self-destruct mode. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I don't know. What what can you do to add uh, in, add c- comedy to a shootout scene? Keep Have one of the main characters, or one of the characters keep saying, guess I'm going to co- you know, commit suicide. Yeah. Let's go kill myself. <laughs> oh, one thing went wrong. No, I'm going to kill myself. All right, so I think we're ready for the, the big... The big, big stinger at the end. Yeah. yeah, baby Yoda. Yeah, let's call him. Let's call him By, because I By. I don't want to call him Yoda because he's not Yoda. Yeah. Um, but we don't. Well, know, I, we don't know the species name. So. But I think we should call him Bada because that's baby and Yoda. All right. Okay, that's uh, that'll work. Bada. I made that up because Force Center calls him Yabi, but I don't want to call him Yabi because that's what they call him. So we're gonna call him Bada. And that is making up a fan name for a creature has worked before. There's another podcast called Twin Sons Podcast, I think, that like they wanted to name the Porg that's on the Falcon at the end of Last Jedi. Uh-huh. And there were like it was like it's, this is a podcast run by like a father and a son, I think. They were at a okay. Q&A with Ryan Johnson, and they were like, hey, can that Porg's name be Turbis? Just out of the blue. <laughs> and so they started a hashtag, and like after like a year, it showed up in a comic. They're like, they named the Porg Turbis. That's really awesome. So, well, uh, they're finally going to name this kid Bada. It's literally going to mean Baby Yoda, but, you know. Hashtag Bada. I mean, so... It's the same species as Yoda and Yaddle, but... It's Joma. Uh, yes, it is. Even It's even cuter than Yaddle, and Yaddle's a girl. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's 50 years old. Yeah. But as we know, they that species lives for a very long time. The so 50 years is empty. He's, a, he's already got gray hair, though. He does. He already has gray hair, which is, I think is hilarious. Or, we don't know the gender yet. Uh, no, we will not assume gender on this podcast. Um, 
but that final shot of the Mandalorian reaching out his hand to the, yes. the baby. That's my new wallpaper. Yeah, that is so. That's. I feel like that's like the start of him, sort of, of us like seeing his humanity, yeah, like true humanity. When he, when he shoots, when he shoots IG Eleven, because IG Eleven wants to shoot. Yeah. Battle. Or, uh, like that's bottom. that's him making a choice, and then yeah, the just cute moment of him putting finger, uh, putting his finger next to Bada's finger. That's like, oh yeah. And, and the and, light, the, the framing of the yeah, door and the light that. coming through. Mm-hmm. Which, like, in the credits when they show the concept art of it, that's, like, one of the new images, I guess, to come out of the show. Yeah, and I'm, I say I don't watch credits, but I do I do look at the, the um, concept arts for this one. Yeah. Um, I, I always love also, concept art. That first... The first shot that we see of like it was from behind, behind Bada's head, and like we see the ears. Like it was yeah. so quick. But once I saw, it, I was like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait!" That was that's it. That's Yoda's species. And then it like cuts to like IG Eleven, I think. Like it's cuts to the conversation. And I was like, and I'm just like, I forgot about it. I was just thinking about their conversation. And then it, like once we see the the shot um, facing him, I was just like. That's yes. That's this is. It's a surprise worth preserving for this first episode. Yeah. Well, I was like, no whenever, whenever they went up to the, the pod, I was thinking, like, what the heck? Like, no fifty-year-old is going to be able to be yeah. in that. Like, I thought that maybe it was going to be like a fake, you know, like a trap, maybe that they mm-hmm. set. I was like, oh, maybe that guy from the beginning is, like, a bad guy. Like, a really, really bad guy. And he wanted to, like, kill the Mandalorian, so he set up a trap and, you know, all this stuff. Like, all this is rushing through my mind, and I'm like, oh, this is so much better than anything I could have asked for. My first... Yeah, a little hut look. Because it... I was thinking about, like, what could fit in there, and I was thinking about Clone Wars. uh, The movie Clone Wars. Where they... Oh, yeah. Anakin and Ahsoka are trying to deliver Jabba's estranged, or not estranged, kidnapped son across the galaxy and, and like, yeah, all that. So, like, that was my first thought. And I was like, oh, obviously, it's Yoda. That's, they wouldn't do a HUD again. But this new sort yeah. of look, new take on the Yoda species. Yeah, which is really cool. And maybe we'll finally get a name for the species. I'm thinking possibly because like in the beginning of the episode, not beginning, but like towards the beginning, where the Mandalorian's meeting with Werner Herzog's character, the client, mm-hmm. and like they're discussing the job. Um, the scientist comes in and he's like, "You said we, he would be taken alive." Like, I'm thinking that he's like this researcher who wants to, mm-hmm. like figure out what's going on with the species because he's like I th- he's an imperial scientist empire the empire is like obviously super against anything with the jedi and like yeah denies the force exists it, it they like indoctrinate anyone within the empire that it's all just make-believe and that it isn't actually real and i'm willing to bet that that species is always force uh force 
force sensitive because the only people we've seen with it are force sensitive. Yeah. Uh, spoiler for season two, I guess. <laughs> if you're waiting to, if you're splitting this episode in half before you say episode two, but um, I'm thinking that he's like investigating the force in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at this point, as far as anybody knows, that would be the only force-sensitive being that anyone knows where it is, probably. Would Luke have uh, been gone by this point? Probably not. He's He would have been looking for relics, I guess. Yeah. At that point. I guess Luke would have been probably doing his school at the moment. No, not not yet. That's not till. That's not till like Ben Ben Solo is like an adolescence. True, true. So Luke and this guy and uh, Bada would be like the only force sensitive people in the galaxy that we know of. Nah. Other than like Leia. No, well, I mean, we're the only the Jedi. Thing... Well, Bada's not a Jedi, but you know what I mean. There's a difference. There's a difference. The Force always, like, becomes... I mean, first of all, the Force is with everyone, I guess. Yeah. Um, certain people have, like, a strength that is enabled by the Force, but they're just not trained because the Empire wiped the Jedi out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's just, like, a, a bunch of untrained, I guess, Force-sensitive people. But, I mean... I'm not going to spoil Rebels for you because you haven't finished it, but there are. There's one person that's still out there. Uh, Actually, two. Um, but anyway, is that all we have to say about episode one? Uh, I do have a question. I have a. It's a, a little bit of a quiz for you. Um, how do you think they did Baby Yoda? How do you think they did Bada? A puppet. Yeah, it's a puppet, which is really awesome. Because it looks so good. It looks like it's CG, but it, like in a good way, you know? It's because it's like, like Yoda is already so believable as a puppet, and it's like, this is like a simplified version of it. Yeah, but the eyes look great. I think the eyes are added in CG later, probably. Uh, uh, they might have given him. Wait, in terms of the, the blinking, I'm sure. Well, no. Puppets, they can make puppets blink. Yeah, you can blink, but like um, the eyes just look very. Glowy, glow, yeah. That you can't really do with a puppet, I don't think. Yeah. And there's, pro- I bet some of the walking of him walking is probably CG. They, they have to have used CG at some point for Bada, but I, most of it is a puppet, which is cool. So that's my yeah. my cool little tidbit for the the actual making of for that. But right that's for okay. So when, before we move on to episode two, there's one note that I wanted to get to. Uh-huh. It has to do with Bada. So like, I thought it was cool that they juxtaposed Mando with Bada because they're so they're such opposite sides of, of the spectrum in terms of Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Mando is like this sort of cold figure that's like. It's all about his like so it, a lot of a lot of people like with their appreciation for 
Mandalorians is like just how cool they look and what they can do because of their abilities and their weapons. And then people know Yoda for being the spiritual guru, this wise sort of um, teacher. And in, in terms of like the original trilogy, Yoda being like that's just he's just, he like is almost like a symbol for the life. It's like everything's green, you know. Yeah. And so like contrasting such a spiritual like like natural figure with such a cold like like Mando like you, you don't see his face like he he's this faceless figure I just think it's another just an example of like all the different elements that come into play with Star Wars that I just love exactly um I think with that we can uh, officially move into episode two. I think yeah. right. So if, chapter two, so the if, child. So if you're not wanting to, uh, if you haven't watched chapter two yet, or you just don't want to listen to chapter two, right now is the point to pause. All right, spoilers yeah. for episode two now. Uh, force sensitive Bada. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. What was your what was your lead up to episode two? What was? Do you have anything of note worth telling? To like? No, I woke up this morning something? and realized that I had not watched it, so I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's not very interesting. <laughs> no, um, I was like, I was like, wait, this thing's been out for two days. I totally forgot to watch it. I I basically did the same thing as Tuesday. Was, I have the same class. Uh, actually, not the same class, but. Just like late morning, I was able to watch it in the library, mm-hmm. in a beanbag, <laughs> in a corner, unbothered by anyone else. Nice. Um, and then I rewatched it, because oh yeah, by the way, both of these episodes I've seen three times. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, I was I was able to watch it twice on Friday, and then I, I didn't watch everything, but like I sort of skimmed past parts I didn't need to watch today, like just before we were recording. Yeah. Uh, since Spencer was later than I thought. My bad. You're good. Um, got me. It, that was actually when I was able to do the notes because I didn't actually do notes for chapter two until. Christian. What? You can't be doing that. You're supposed to be the one that's actually organized. I I, I still have notes though. So it's, yeah, I know. It is organized. <laughs> um. So yeah, what's your big takeaway out of this episode? I, I don't know. It was a little bit slower than the first episode, that's for sure. But the story had already been set up. And it really kind of... You kind of see... You definitely see the bond between Mando and Bada forming in this episode. And you... Like you said a few minutes ago, you, you see the human side of him coming out more than, you know, the warrior side. Um, and I just really like that you're... It's not your typical Mandalorian story it's one where you get to see him actually act compassionate towards something. And he kind of has to put down his weapons at one point during this episode to kind of like bargain and do it. He has to do a good deed for someone in return to, in return for, you know, just getting parts for his shit back. So, yeah, my takeaway is disintegrations. (laughs) Yeah. The first time that (laughs) happened, I was like, what? (laughs) 
Like, is this yeah, I was, I was like, so confused. I was like, this isn't, that's not what Star Wars weapons do. No, um, I don't think we've ever seen that in Star Wars. Like, that's not... It's been mentioned, though, because in The Empire Strikes Back, Vader tells Boba Fett, no disintegrations. Oh, he does. And I didn't realize that till late in the episode. And so I guess that's the origin of it. Certain Mandalorian weapons have that ability. I guess, but why was he not using that, like, first episode against those guys? Which ones? Oh, in the shootout. That's because he w- it's only, like, a one-shot thing, probably. The disintegration's a uh, one-shot, because he had to reload I after mean, every disintegration. Yeah, it was... It was... It was cool because it was the closest thing we've gotten so far to like bullets. Yeah. In Star Wars story. Um. But yeah, like I guess because of the long range sort of aspect he had, and like because of how many Jawas there were. Well, I think how, we're like, how I, light they were. He just had to like destroy them. I guess. Yeah, I think we're kind of skipping over a, a really cool thing, and that's. Is that are those were those Tuscan Raiders at the beginning? Trandoshans. Okay. That's Bosk is Bosk. Bosk yeah. Yeah. Well I was like, wait, I can't tell if that's Bosk or if that like is like a Tuscan Raider or something. So And but I thought that was uh, okay, so when I wrote about Chekhov's guns earlier in my notes for episode one, I also put Chekhov's Trandoshans because they were in the Cantina when the Mandalorian was getting his is Calamari Flan. Huh. So, like, when Carl Weathers' character, Grief Cargo, was like, you know, I got a job that's, like, off the grid, off the official books for the Bounty Hunting Guild. So Somewhere in there, that's when the trans, because the, the Trandoshans, like, looking at him, sort of picking up on the conversation. Yeah. So... My favorite shot from that fight scene, by the way, is him kicking the pot away and then going back and, like, slicing the guy. Yeah. It's a very cool So what I'm thinking is that... Um, so, like, I'm thinking that the client, the client, uh, Werner Herzog, probably just sent a bunch of different bounty hunters, and so, like, the transactions came to him afterwards, and he's like, yeah, go ahead. And that's... Because, like, you see the tracking fob? Mm-hmm. After he disintegrates them. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, there's another thing I forgot to mention. Oh, bounty pucks. What you like? What they put down? What he puts down on the table to like show the, the reward for. Yes. Um, turning into bluefish guy. Uh, which called bounty pucks? Which is the name is of that... our new group chat. <laughs> or the new That's... name of our group chat. That doesn't matter. I don't know. I think it's funny. Um. But yeah, it's just such interesting, like fun little name and like design. Because Dave Filoni, uh, the executive producer of the show, is like a huge hockey fan. So I thought that was funny that he sort of. I don't know if it, he came up with it, but the fact that yeah. that's in there is cool. We'll have to ask um, Avery about it. Again, but that doesn't. Not that he would know, but. Um. Okay, so, like, the first episode was a lot of, like, mystery in terms of, like, like if, if the person watching the show has, like, doesn't have a clue what a Mandalorian is, they're going to be, like, very confused, I feel like. Mm-hmm. 
I was already a little bit confused at some points. Um, and and like it's just like built around like who is this guy? This episode is more just like all right, we have a pretty good idea of who he is. Let's just see him get beat up a bunch and like try to be a nice guy. Not like a nice guy, but like try to do a, a generally good thing. But he just can't deal with the crap that keeps, you know, getting put on him. Yeah. Can I talk about the fact that my least favorite shot from this episode and my favorite shot from this episode were a matter of two two minutes apart? Sure. Uh, so when he's fighting that, like, rhinoceros thing or whatever, trying to get the egg, right? Yeah. I really Suka. like... What? Suka. Oh, Suka. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really like the mud. It's really cool. Um, the fact that it's getting all over him and like the fact that it jams his gun, I think is hilarious. Yeah. Because like you said, it's the closest thing we've seen to bullets and it jams it like real bullets. But I really hate (laughs) when he hits him and it goes into this terrible slow motion. Do you remember this? When he's like, when he's like getting unconscious. Yeah, like that's just the. I I get that he's unconscious and that's like how you show it, but just like the shots of the slow mo was terrible, and then I didn't like the transitions that they used right there. It's it's not the acting or the storytelling there that I didn't like. It's just the editing of it that I didn't like. But then, literally a few like right before, um. Right before Bada uses the force, that series of shots right there was amazing. The fighting shots right before that were like my favorite from the whole episode. So there you go. There's my opinion on the filmmaking. Speaking of uh, Suka, the the Jawas, I think this is the best we've ever seen from Jawas. I think, well, yeah, they the ate. They handled this. They ate an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Even before that, just like there was so much character. Yeah. It's like I'm not gonna like it's not like it's George Lucas. It's not like George Lucas was like not putting in effort like first mm-hmm. job was. Well, they were like, also very limited in well Yeah, but like that's they did with what was meant to be done, just like sort of introducing Jawas. But this is like, all right, we already know what Jawas are like what they are. Here's some of the like weird eccentricities of what they do. Yeah, and so, this would like, this is another like, situation. Out. What? I said, I feel like it's another situation where like if you don't know what Jawas are to begin with, you're gonna be entirely confused. <laughs> this situation. The yeah, Mandalorian yeah. put in. You're like, what are these things? Like I I don't understand. And just the, the way that they like popped out of the windows to like throw things at the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. So creative. Mm-hmm. It was like it's kind of like Angry Birds in a way. Um, yeah. I think it was just so creative how, like, the design, too. Like, they have darker cloaks and, like, red eyes. Yeah. They're kind of like, they're kind of like, they're like Jawas, but they know what they're doing. And they can mm-hmm. hold their own against a freaking bounty hunter. Like, that was cool. Yeah, you get the, you get the very famous uh, TD from one of them. Yeah, Utini. Which... Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. It's because I, you know, I don't know if they did it just to be like, hey, remember when the Jawa said this in the it's, first It's thing? their language. It's... Yeah. 
but Probably I a s- common expression. Well, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really love the Jawas. The Jawas are very good, and um, when <laughs> I really like the shot of after he gets the egg, and um, he goes back, and he's riding on the trailer with like all of his stuff behind him, and he just looks so done with life. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> he's like a great covered in mud, and he's having a ride in the rain on the back of, on this trailer behind this probably stinky animal, and he's just like, "I'm so done." Yeah, and a, a great part of that scene was like when Quill was just like, "Is the is a kid injured?" And then the Mandalorian's like, "Not physically." spiritually not spiritually did he say that no he just said not physically and then quill said uh quill said explain it to me again because i don't think i understand and then mando said neither do i yeah just seeing how a character has no idea what the force is other than like maybe he's heard stories but like yeah like he probably knows about like the jedi and the mandalorian war that happened like yeah thousands of years ago but like like a, a real sort of knowledge of the force he doesn't have, neither does Quill. Yeah. And just seeing a different perspective is so cool to see in Star Wars. Yeah. One thing that um, we kind of forgot, if we went, if I can jump back to episode one for a second, one thing that we forgot to mention that I just remembered about Force Center talking about um, is who the Mandalorian that's making his armor, when he gives the credit, says that it must have been taken during the Great Purge. Yeah. So, do you have any idea of what the... Like, I don't want to speculate because speculating I'm can go sh- bad, but I'm the Great sure Purge... I'm not sure that's something that's been covered. Um, I don't know if that has to do with the Empire or mm-hmm. Clone Wars. I'm, I've never been a super fan of Mandalorian lore. I have not either, so... Um, so, I don't know. Maybe we can cover that in a new, uh, later down the line if they show more. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Anyway, think back to the this, end of episode This two. episode, I feel like this episode was a little bit, like, you said it was slow. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, generally slow isn't, I don't feel like that's a, like a term that actually, like, describes what it's like to No. It's like, it's just like a... It's a soft word to say boring, I guess. But um, I think what it is is that there's so much silence. Like, there's more silence than usual with the Mandalorian. Um, so, like, it's either him walking alongside Bada just in the desert or, like, doing, like, a really cool, but still, like, kind of... And you're just sort of seeing him act physically, and there's not a lot of talking. And it's only 30 minutes long, so there's not a whole lot of story going on. Yeah. It's just sort of like his terrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah, well, I'm not telling, I'm not saying I didn't like this episode, because I, I still love I'm, it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm going on a, like a long explanation, but like, it's sort of weird. It's, it's, it's not really normal TV, you know? I feel like it's in the grand not. scheme of things, it's gonna make sense and have its place, but 
it's sort of it is a weird experience because it's not conventional TV. Yeah. But it's also like Star Wars, so it still got yes, that. Still, exactly. I feel like the focus here was a lot of just sort of a lot of world building stuff because we see yeah. um, the Jawas. That's like a really just awesome way of expanding the universe. Um, we see the, I think the, the soundtrack says that the, the beast's name is Mudhorn. So I'm just going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool design. And then the Trandoshans and the fact that it's a desert, but it still has a lot of rain. Like that's why there's mud. Yeah. That's something we've never seen. So like, it's a lot of like just cool ideas and like, like awesome situations, like hard situations for the Mandalorian to be in. That's exactly. like it's less of like a. It's only like one day, so it's not it's not advancing the story in a in a major way, but it still like feels vital. You know? Yeah. So what I don't know, I can't see Mando giving Bada to the Imperial scientists, basically. Yeah. So, I don't you see this go, happening. Do you want to go into speculation now? I don't want to go crazy, we, but yeah. No, yeah, we, we won't go crazy, but just from what we've seen, what we think is probably going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I can't see him giving him the... I think what'll, the, most like, the closest that I can see him getting to giving it away would be to show up with it, figure out what he's going to do with it, and then maybe shut down the operation. I don't know. Yeah. I think so. Like my expectation going to the series, having not seen any footage of Bada, which no one de- no one had before the show started. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be multiple jobs that we'd be seeing, and that it was, like, not going to be about this like overarching story. But the fact that like we're seeing Bada and that he's like this major player in the series, I'm thinking of that as, like the only we're going to see a major thing that's going to be revolving around. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is maybe probably like midway through, that's when I think that Mandalorian's going to go on the run in some way and mm-hmm. sort of reject, like, and maybe I'm being a little bit, like, too hopeful in terms of, like, Star Wars always being about redemption, I guess. Yeah. Like... I think that he might go on the run with the new sort of revolving characters that we're going to see down the line and they'll be like protecting Bada. But that's just like a wild guess. It might not happen midway through, it might happen much later. I don't know. Or maybe it'll be, I think it's good. maybe it'll be wrapped up by then and there'll be like a totally new, like, not MacGuffin, but like, Thing to revolve the story around later in the season. Yeah, it is. But I think it, we it's definitely the first two episodes were definitely foundation episodes. Yeah. And I they think, go together really well. Yeah, and I think it's a that's definitely the reason that they released two this week instead of just one. Because from now on, yeah. um, every episode will be released on Tuesdays. Um, Fridays. But or Fridays, I mean, yeah. So. Um, the first episode was on a Tuesday. That's what got mixed up. But um, yeah. they definitely released kind of like – I can see the first episode being like the prologue 
And then, like, the second episode being technically what would be, like, episode one, you know? It's got the feel. Or they, it kind of feels like one, one big episode that they kind of just like split up. Yeah. And then. I hate that they, so the first episode was called chapter one. And then the second one is called chapter two, the child, which they totally just John wicked it by like screwing up their format for episode titles. Yeah. I wish they would have like done like just chapters or chapters and subtitles. I don't know. Yeah. Just minor thing. It's just one of the things that you're obsessed with. <laughs> yeah. Not obsessed, but one thing you notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try. I try not to get upset over the little things, but sometimes <laughs> they just glare at me. Like I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy today. This is a tangent. This is just for me to tell you, not for the podcast. But there's a scene, the scene where the prisoners are threatening Gamora. We see this one alien put his finger across his neck, you know, to symbolize it. And then later, when Peter Quill is doing the same thing, being like, don't you guys know this means kill? And he looks to that alien. It's the same guy. And he's, he's like, don't you know what this means? And the alien's like, yeah, no. Huh. Yeah. But he just made the gesture like five minutes earlier. That just that really got to me. Um, yeah, I get it. Still a good movie, but anyway. Yeah. Any other takeaways for episode two? I don't think so. Other than I'm really excited for episode three. And I'm definitely going to spend this week rewatching the first two episodes. Yeah. A lot. Um, so yeah, this episode should come out uh, tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. This morning, it's one a.m. right now. It's one a.m. It should come out in seven hours. <laughs> so it, I mean, you're gonna be staying up late editing, won't you? Yeah, <laughs> probably. No, probably not. I only have like three things to cut out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. No, I have two coughing fits and a bad joke to cut out, but that's about it. There's more, trust me. I don't think so. I think it was There's all tangents. pretty solid. There's tangents. The, ta- the tangents are fine. Yeah. And we've kept it pretty short. Yeah. So. We're only like an hour and 20 minutes, so this is about what we thought it would be. I, I thought it was going to run really long. Oh, yeah, I did too. Uh... Before we end, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, no. All right. I want to. Uh, once again, on Instagram, go follow us, Mornings with Mando, uh, so you can get all the notifications when we post and everything. Uh, and Christian, if I may, I have another podcast. Um, it's called Third and Long. It's a podcast about football. If you guys are into that, you can uh, – Go do that. We release every Thursday. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, also, upcoming plug, uh, Christian and I have another podcast that will be called The Last Star Wars Podcast. Uh, it will premiere on January 3rd, uh, and it's going to be about everything Star Wars. Um, so- It'll just be a casual sit-down conversation with me and Spencer Yep. in the days 
post Rise of Skywalker where we can just talk about the whole series and just sort of goof off, be less, a lot less structured than this. Um, so I, that's going to be like a lot more free in terms of going on tangents. Yeah, uh, and so yeah. the the de- basically the reason we're doing that is because this series is going to be strictly the Mandalorian. Um, but between seasons yeah, it's, it's of Mandalorian and date. Yeah. Before between seasons of Mandalorian, if have they even said they're going to do season two? They're filming season two. Okay, so between season one and season two, we will only post on the last Star Wars podcast. But during season one and season two of Mandalorian, we will only post on the Mandalorian podcast. So if you want to stay up to date with Christian and I, you have to listen to both. So there you go. And we might we might film or record an episode of the last Star Wars podcast before Rise of Skywalker as like a maybe. I don't know. We're thinking about it. No. Nah. No? Okay, then. We'll have enough to deal with. It'll be the holidays. All right. Yeah, you're right. Okay, then. Premiere for that, January 3rd. Be ready for it, because it's going to be a good one. Anything else you'd like to say, Christian? I have spoken. Me too. Uh, We'll see you guys next week.